The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Your host is Rochelle McLaughlin. It's time to experience radical well-being. Learn to nourish your heart, body, and mind. Manifest your power in the present. And learn to live your life's infinite potential. Now, here's your host, Rochelle McLaughlin. Welcome, everyone, to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. I am being haunted, as I know many millions of us are today, by the complex social, political, and environmental crises we are currently facing. And one crisis in particular that has increasingly and very unfortunately emerged is that of the prolific use of the toxic herbicide Roundup. In 2013, I came upon an article in an international and interdisciplinary journal called Entropy that featured an article on the topic <clears throat> of the toxic effects effects of Roundup by Dr. Samsel, excuse me, and Dr. Seneff. <clears throat> and I was moved to write them a letter thanking them for their work. And here we are four years later. And I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to amplify Dr. Seneff's work and message if it means that we are moving in the direction of a safe environment for us all with the freedom to live out our lives in a healthy and well way on this infinitely complex and fragile planet. And we have a lot to cover in this sobering episode. So without further ado, allow me to introduce Dr. Stephanie Seneff. Dr. Seneff is a senior research scientist at MIT's Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence Laboratory in Cambridge, Massachusetts. She has a BS degree from MIT in biology and MSEE and PhD degrees from MIT in electrical engineering and computer science. She has published over 200 peer-reviewed papers in scientific journals and conference proceedings. Her recent interests have focused on the role of toxic chemicals and micronutrient deficiencies in health and disease, with a special emphasis on the pervasive herbicide Roundup and the mineral sulfur. She has authored over two dozen peer-reviewed journal papers over the past few years on these topics and has delivered numerous slide presentations around the world. Dr. Seneff, thank you so much for being here with us all on Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Dr. Seneff, can you start by sharing a bit about how you came to the work that you're doing now? And also, is there a community of researchers that you share this important work with? Yes. Uh, well, so I got interested in the autism epidemic about nine or ten years ago. Actually, I'd been interested in it almost from the get-go. But I was watching the, ro- the rates grow exponentially. I became aware at that time that it was exponential growth, and that's a very scary thing. So I knew it was going to get really out of hand in the next years, and in fact, it has. I mean, it has continued to grow exponentially since then. I was frustrated because most of the research dollars were going towards genetics, and I knew that exponential growth is not a genetic problem. There may be a genetic predisposition to be more susceptible, 
but there's environmental factors that are actually causing the epidemic. And I just wanted to know what those factors were. So I started systematically going through the various chemicals that are in our environment, looking at the statistics on their growth, you know, and then looking at what how they work in bi biology, learning all about autism, and it has a very complex profile. As it turns out, autistic kids have all kinds of things that are uh, not quite right besides just their problems with their brain. And um, so I was looking at, I was in fact looking at vaccines, and I definitely think vaccines are connected to autism despite what people say. But um, five years of looking at, you know, mercury and in, mercury, for example, in the teeth and fluoride in the water and lead, all these things. I was very frustrated at that point. This was four years ago. I knew I hadn't found the answer yet. I knew there was something else that was really causing the epidemic and everything else was just kind of supporting it. And that was when it was really serendipitous that I heard a two hour presentation by Professor Don Huber. He's over 80 years old. He's a retired professor from Purdue, an expert on plants, plant physiology, plant pathology. And he had been at that point going, he already had been going for several years telling people this stuff is toxic, glyphosate. You know, so we think Roundup is a great herbicide because it's practically non-toxic to humans. That's what we're told. That's what most people believe. And, uh, you know, Monsanto did the studies way back when. Glyphosate's been approved since 1970. 74 actually was when it was first introduced on the market. Glyphosate usage has gone up exponentially, precisely in step with the exponential rise in autism. So you've got the correlation. And everybody says correlation doesn't necessarily mean causation. That's true. But correlation is a great starting point. You know, lead is going down, so lead is probably not the cause of the epidemic, even though it is a factor in autism. So um, I really, I, I literally fell out of my chair when I heard his talk because he was talking about the various things that glyphosate does to biology, and I already knew that those were the things that were happening in autism that I couldn't explain. It was just like a perfect marriage between what I knew about autism and what he was telling me about glyphosate. So from that point on, I've basically committed my every breathing moment, every waking hour to glyphosate. I have really, really studied this molecule, and I feel that I understand it quite well at this point. And it is a really fascinating molecule uh, in terms of what it does to physiology, I'm finding out. And I'm finding out that it's not only autism that's going up exponentially, but a huge list of other diseases, many of which are autoimmune diseases, and of course, diabetes, obesity, Alzheimer's. Um, ALS, all of these things, various cancers are going up dramatically, and the U.S. has a health crisis today, and we don't talk about it. We talk a lot about how are we going to pay for health care, but we're not recognizing the fact that our health care is much more expensive than anybody else's, and we use much more glyphosate than anybody else does. So, I mean, the it's just overwhelming to me how much glyphosate is screaming at us, you have got to get me banned, basically, is how I feel. Glyphosate needs to be removed from the earth. Hmm. <clears throat> Can you talk about, so what is uh, Roundup? What is glyphosate? Yeah, so Roundup, of course, is a, is a mixture of other things, and glyphosate's not the only thing in it that's toxic. In fact, Professor Seralini in France has done a lot of studying of Roundup, and he thinks the other ingredients are up to a thousand times more toxic than glyphosate. I think that's true acutely, but that's not true. Uh, the glyphosate has an insidious cumulative toxicity that you miss when you do acute studies because it's, mm. it's subtle. Glyphosate's mm. to toxicity is subtle. Um, let's see, what was your question again? Yeah, so yes, what is the Roundup and um, yes. glyphosate and right. uh, why is it also being increasingly used? 
Yes. Okay. Kind so of, all good questions. Uh, so glycine is actually a very simple molecule, relatively speaking. It's a it's a glycine molecule. Glycine is a uh, one of the coding amino acids. We have about twenty of these coding amino acids that go into the proteins that are uh, assembled according to the DNA code. That's the famous Watson and Crick code of the DNA uh, of life, really. And uh, glyphosate is a glycine molecule, but it has some extra stuff attached to its nitrogen. And that's a meth- what's called a methylphosphonyl group for you chemists. Um, that extra stuff makes a huge difference in how that molecule behaves in physiology. And so um, it is through glyphosate's mimicry of glycine that it gains its toxic effects. And it, it, they're very, uh, there are very many and they're very complicated as a consequence of that. Um, its usage is going up. Uh, first of all, we introduced, so, so there was this terrific idea, it seemed to be a terrific idea, introduced in the late 1990s with GMOs, that you could engineer, you could insert into plants a bacterial gene that would afford uh, resistance to Roundup. So glyphosate kills all plants, except for those few that have been engineered to resist it through this bacterial gene insertion. And those plants are basically the core crops of the round of the uh, processed food industry: corn, soy, um, cotton, uh, tobacco, um, sugar beets, uh, alfalfa, and uh, canola, which is the canola oil. So these these are really basic foods. We have huge farms growing these things in the Midwest and elsewhere in the country. And they use these GMO Roundup ready crops and they can just spray Roundup all over the crop and the crop won't die, which makes it much easier to control the weeds. Um, what's happened, unfortunately, is that resistant weeds have grown up among those, those resistant crops. And so over time, they've had to use more and more glyphosate to kill the weeds to the point where right now they're introducing new formulations that have glyphosate plus other herbicides in it, for example, Endless Duo, which is glyphosate plus 2,4-D. 2,4-D is a component of Agent Orange, which was used in, in Vietnam and has all these uh, consequences that are really bad in Vietnam. Uh, the government is fine. You know, they just approve these things without really thinking. We don't know how, uh, how these toxic chemicals are going to work synergistically. Usually when you mix these things together, they do bizarre stuff that they don't do on their own. We haven't studied it at all. So we're right now beginning a giant experiment with exposing our kids to both glyphosate and 2,4-D in their food rather than just glyphosate, which is already, of course, bad enough by itself. Wow. Do, do, would you like to get into a little bit more of the mechanism of the toxicity before we go uh, to break? Okay, sure. I'll do that quickly, and then we can continue after the break. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, because glyphosate pretends to be glycine, this is something that Anthony Sampson and I only realized over the past year. So we were studying it for three years before we figured this out. But once we figured this out, we're quite confident that we're right because as we look at the research literature, it totally fits. It, 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 it explains how glyphosate could be causing all these diseases. This is that when the protein is being assembled using the DNA code, when it comes to a code for glycine, such as GGC, that would be a code for glycine. So it wants to grab a glycine molecule. It sees a glyphosate molecule and it thinks it's glycine because it is a glycine molecule. It just has some extra stuff on the nitrogen, which isn't quite noticed by the coding machinery. So the glyphosate uh, molecule gets put into the protein by mistake in place of glycine. And this means then that the protein misbehaves. It may not fold correctly. It may be difficult to break it down. It probably, in many cases, if there's an essential glycine at the active site, it won't work properly anymore. And in fact, this is how uh, glyphosate, I think this is how glyphosate is affecting 
the enzyme in the shaken mate pathway, which Monsanto claims is the key mechanism of toxicity, this one enzyme, which has a glycine at the active site, if you replace that with glyphosate, then the, the substrate no longer fits in the active site and the protein doesn't work anymore. And all, there's three different bacteria that have come up with a clever solution, which is to get rid of that glycine and replace it with alanine. Alanine doesn't work quite as well as glycine, but it has the benefit that no amount of glyphosate harms that, that new protein at all. It's completely resistant to glyphosate, which is really quite remarkable, just by mm -hmm. getting rid of the glycine in the active site. So what we're saying here is that any protein that has a glycine in it that's absolutely essential for that protein's performance, that no other amino acid will work properly, any of those proteins are going to be susceptible to damage by, by having glyphosate put in there by mistake. And this has absolutely amazing con consequences uh, in terms of um, these proteins not working correctly. Yes, and if you can just say, um, you know, make the connections for us between, you know, when we're talking about these proteins and you're talking about proteins that are like the building blocks of our life itself. Yes, Is that correct? proteins are the enzymes, they're the receptors, the, the transducers, they're the activators. I mean, all of these, uh, all, they're really the workhorses of biology. Uh, mm -hmm. They're fascinating. I mean, it's really interesting how biology works, but you assemble these amino acids together in certain ways and they perform certain interesting um, skills that they acquire through that assembly and they mm -hmm. have to be correct in order to work mistakes are made actually mistakes are quite common and often those mistakes don't matter so it really depends on where the mistake occurred in the protein as to the effect that it has and the mechanism is interesting with proteins you know that it's sort of a sloppy process mm -hmm. the the way it's done is you sort of assemble the protein in a hurry you don't worry too much about it if you get it wrong that's okay just leave it and then it folds, and then it does its job. And if it, and then there's a process that says, oh, geez, it didn't fold right, or oh, geez, it's not working. You know, there's a whole backup system that says, oh, gosh, this didn't work. And then it'll get destroyed and remade. That's what biology does. So rather than obsess on getting it right when you make it, you're sloppy in the making. And then you just use the fact that it's not working as a code to say, oh, yes, I've got to just kill this one and build it again. You know, that's mm -hmm. how it works. It's really interesting. It's fascinating. We do have a couple more minutes. Do you want to go into a little bit more detail there? Or um, we can talk yeah, a little bit. I can, okay. Yeah, I can continue on that. I mean, so when you start to look at, so what happened then once we, so Anthony told me a year ago in December, he called up, he said, you know, I think glyphosate is getting into proteins by mistake in place of glycine. And at first I was skeptical. And so then I had to start reading the literature to see if that made sense. And I found, in fact, that there's a number of other uh, non-coding amino acids that uh, mess up proteins in the same way for other uh, coding amino acids. They substitute for other ones. For example, there's one that causes MS, there's one that causes ALS, there's one that causes, metabol causes metabolic starvation. You know, these things are known already that these, uh, these things exist. So glyphosate is just another one like that. In fact, L-cannabinine is one that's actually used as an insecticide. So, you know, I suspect that Monsanto knows this is happening, but Monsanto is is not willing to admit that you know mm -hmm. they don't want to admit that this is what's happening because of the consequences of it are horrendous in fact it easily explains i mean when you start looking at the proteins that have essential glycines in particular places you find uh, amyloid beta you know which is associated with which is the uh, plaque in, uh, in uh, uh, alzheimer's disease alzheimer's disease is also going up dramatically and amyloid beta has these essential glycines which have been become the target. The, the, the glycines are what they think are the problem in the amyloid beta. They've zeroed in on the glycines. They don't realize it's actually glyphosate, not glycine, that's causing the problem. 
the glycines have been there for a long, long time in the protein, and they didn't cause trouble before. Mm. You know, so why all of a sudden are these glycines causing trouble? The reason is because they're not glycine, they're glyphosate. Same thing with the prions, for example, in mad cow disease. You know, the mad cow epidemic in Great Britain, I suspect, was caused by glyphosate is really mm. remarkable those misfolded prions i don't know if you know about mad cow really a fascinating disease misfolded mm. proteins they have actually a sequence a a g a a g a a it's a call of palindrome it goes backwards and forwards the same a stands for alanine g stands for glycine so that's a sequence of uh, amino acids those two glycines in there are causing trouble and causing the prion uh, protein to misfold they're doing that by being replaced by glyphosate that's what i think it's really amazing how many things you can explain by this simple, um, you know, s mistake that's made mm -hmm. in biology. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Absolutely. <clears throat> it's time to take a short break. And the, I'd like to share a quote by Dr. Stephanie Seneff. She says, the best thing President Trump could do to make America great again is to ban glyphosate. We are being blindsided by glyphosate contamination in places we never dreamed of, like tampons, gel caps, biological drugs, and vaccines. And you can connect with Dr. Seneff's work at her website, which is people.casail.mit.edu backslash Seneff. And I also put a link on uh, my website to Dr. Seneff's website. So you can go to the radio page of experiencerevolutionarywellness.com and you can access her work there and connect with all of her peer-reviewed scientific papers and to know more. And we will be right back after this commercial break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Do you know that you were born to experience revolutionary wellness? Have you wondered why extraordinary physical, mental, and emotional health has eluded you? Do you know that your infinite personal power resides right here in the present moment? People all over the world are awakening to their birthright. Revolutionary Wellness. Subscribe today at revolutionarywellnessmagazine.com and begin your journey into the mystery. Engage with experts in topics of nourishment, wisdom, and empowerment. Develop mental clarity. Live wholeheartedly and be empowered to live an authentic life of passion and purpose. The world, now more than ever, need you to feel revolutionarily well. Explore and integrate new ways of being. Learn to access your own unique treasure, the wisdom that is right there inside you, waiting to be revealed. Experience a renewed, vivid, and nourishing relationship with yourself and the world around you. Log on and subscribe to Revolutionary Wellness Magazine today and experience the publication devoted to your journey toward extraordinary health and well-being. RevolutionaryWellnessMagazine.com to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Rochelle is a clinician of mind-body medicine, lifestyle change, and self-healing. She is a life mentor, author, and publisher of Revolutionary Wellness Magazine. You can reach Rochelle at experiencerevolutionarywellness.com. Now back to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. 
If the autism rates continue to grow exponentially as they have for the past two decades, we can expect half the children born in 2032 to be on the autism spectrum. That will be 80% of the boys. These are the words of my guest today and senior research scientist at MIT, Dr. Stephanie Seneff. Welcome back, Dr. Seneff. I'm wondering, yeah, can we talk about where, so where are we finding it? Um, today, how can we avoid it? And maybe if we can dive into the gluten and wheat right. um, complex, you know, conversation and start there. Yes, yes. In fact, you know, I, I noticed gluten intolerance and I was thinking, geez, gluten intolerance, why is everybody allergic to wheat these days? What's happened with wheat? Because when I was a kid, I didn't know anybody who was gluten intolerant. Mm-hmm. And I, I figured that must be, I thought maybe that's related to glyphosate. And I started looking into it, and I hadn't realized until I did the research that wheat is actually sprayed with glyphosate right before the harvest as a desiccant. Wheat is not a GMO crop, um, so it's not Roundup Ready. It'll die when it's exposed to glyphosate, but that's the point. In fact, up north, it's important. They often just spray the crop with glyphosate to kill it right before the frost because you might lose the crop if the, if the weather gets too cold. It's a way to, to beat the weather. Um, and it's become more and more popular as different farmers have done it. And they don't see a downside. You know, they think, oh, this is great. It actually synchronizes. The, it causes the crop to go to seed. And the crop pushes the glyphosate into the seed. And that's where the um, food is going to come from. So you end up with very high levels of glyphosate in wheat-based products. And we're seeing that. People are starting to measure glyphosate contents of different foods. That's also something that was extremely poorly studied. I mean, I can't believe that this U.S. government knows we use by far more glyphosate than any other herbicide in this country. And the government doesn't seem to think it's necessary to take a look and see how much is actually in the food. I mean, they have very, very, very poor uh, record for actually analyzing the food to see what's in it. The Canadian government actually is doing, it seems to me they're doing better than we are. There's an activist named Tony Mitra in Canada. He's a wonderful guy. And he finally got through their Freedom of Information Act. He managed to get his Canadian government to give him this huge list of various foods that the Canadian government had measured and found glyphosate, which ones, you know, to see which ones have high levels, because you would love to know which food should I avoid in order to maximize uh, my protection from glyphosate. And it's it's not the foods you would expect necessarily, because the wheat, it turns out, um, uh, beans and peas and peanuts, you know, so he was finding very high levels in uh, um, hummus, you know, hummus. I would not have thought about hummus having high levels of glyphosate, but hummus comes from these legumes, you know, the, the chickpeas and those sorts of things. are. So the Mexican, probably the Mexican beans, I mean, anything that's bees, peas, um, and um, peanuts, you know. So we have a peanut allergy epidemic right now. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe it's glyphosate in the peanuts. We mm-hmm. have a gluten intolerance epidemic. Okay, gly- glyphosate in the wheat. We have a milk, you know, casein epidemic intolerance. Mm. Casein is in the cow's milk, and the cows push the glyphosate into their milk. It's um, it, it, it Monsanto themselves actually found glyphosate in the milk of goats, so they they know it's in the milk. They they did it in their own studies. Anthony has these studies. Uh, they've uh, he got them through the Freedom of Information Act, and the in the EPA told him he could not show these studies to anybody else. So Anthony, only Anthony can see them, which is quite amazing to me that. We're not allowed to see what, you know, what the studies that were done on these toxic chemicals that we're exposed to every day. It's just not reasonable what's happening right now. So it's in the, um, 
the wheat-based products it's in, for example, cookies, it's in sugar, it's in all the sugars because you've got the sugar beets, which are wound up ready. You've got sugar cane, which is one of the foods that's sprayed with glyphosate right before the harvest. And you've got um, uh, sugar from uh, fructose, high fructose corn syrup, which is a very popular sugar these days because it's cheap. It comes from corn. The corn is GMO Roundup Ready. So all the sugars are bad. So we're telling, everyone's being told, don't eat sugar. Sugar's really toxic. It's really bad for you. You know, and now we just think sugar's bad, but sugar's actually a very good source of energy. It doesn't have a lot of nutrients, you know, the micronutrients, but it's an excellent source of fuel usually. But if it's loaded up with glyphosate, it's going to be toxic. So we're not realizing that the reason why the sugar is so bad is because it's just giving us a dose of glyphosate. Yes, and I've recently read that something like, at least in the United States, it's like 80% of our crops now that are being sprayed with Roundup. Wow. <laughs> I, I didn't know. realize it was that high. And, and, yes. I, and I think the fruits, too, you know, I'm really surprised. I wouldn't have thought that it would be in fruits, but apparently it is, like in strawberries and, and blueberries, you know. And what about wine? Yeah. All the wines. So, in fact, yeah. uh, Zen Honeycutt had 12 different wines tested in California, including biodynamic wines, and all of them came out positive. And the Germans studied it in beer, Several different beers, they all came out positive. I mean, it's really, mm. one of the things is gelatin. I, I should have mentioned that. Gelatin actually has very high levels. Anthony's been measuring it in gelatin. Gelatin comes from collagen, which is in the joints and bones of cows and pigs mm -hmm. that are fed huge doses of glyphosate in their GMO Roundup Ready feed. And glyphosate mm -hmm. goes into the bones. Monsanto showed that. It, it mm -hmm. bioaccumulates in the bones, which is also very scary. That's probably why... Glyphosate is linked to non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is a disease of the, uh, of the uh, immune system, the white blood cells that, mm -hmm. that come out of the bones, you know, the bone marrow. That's where those cells come from. Mm -hmm. So they're just piling up the glyphosate and getting sick, you know. Mm. Are we can, talking about gelatin from like CAFO um, farms? Yes, 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 right, exactly. The cows are in the CAFOs. They're being fed GMO Roundup Ready corn and soy feed. And then they're producing, and then they're just accumulating glyphosate in their bones. And collagen has an extremely high level of glycine. This is what really, I mean, when I suddenly realized that, I was thinking, oh, my God, because collagen becomes gelatin. Gelatin becomes gel caps. You know, for mm -hmm. example, you take a gel uh, cap pill. Yes. Probably loaded with glyphosate. And we tested orange jello. It had very high levels of glyphosate. You know, you think of jello as a perfectly fine food, but right. it's not. Wow. And then, uh, and then the really scary thing is gelatin in the vaccines because the vaccines are, the live virus is grown on gelatin and also on fetal bovine serum. That's going to be also loaded with glyphosate because it gets into the blood. So we've got mm -hmm. glyphosate in the vaccines, and I suspect that's one of the reasons why the vaccines are causing so many more adverse reactions today than they used to. The same vaccine, MMR, I looked at it, and it's much more toxic today in terms of acute side. Uh, acute adverse reactions than it was back in the 1990s mm -hmm. and it's would you say not just because there's now it's more toxic but they are i mean when you're looking at actually injecting the mm, absolutely into the that bloodstream. is huge that yeah. is huge yes and in fact there was a study that was done where they injected glycine into piglets and they uh -huh. showed um dramatic drop in blood pressure and um uh, kidney failure and and very high death rate 
from in- injecting glyphosate into the piglets. Mm-hmm. And how about other other than food? I know you mentioned like the um, I mean the gel caps, but other yes. products that we might see. Yeah, tampons is a big one. So mm-hmm. you know, in uh, South America, there was a study they were going to look at. I think they wanted to compare. Um, they were they were trying to study something that they expected to have glyphosate in it, and they thought, well, let's just get random you know samples of these products. Mm-hmm. to just make sure that there's none, you know, because they didn't expect there to be any. And they tested various cotton products like tampons and uh, cotton gauze, sterile cotton gauze. Mm. And they found um, they found uh, glyphosate in a large number of them. They mm. were really shocked. Mm-hmm. That was supposed to be their reference that didn't have any, but it turned out it, they couldn't compare that against their study sample because it was already contaminated. And I just think of glyphosate in tampons. I just think of, you know all kinds of reproductive problems that could come from that. And you, it's put into a place where there's very good absorption, you know, through the skin. I mean, it's just really terrifying to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the gel caps. If I'm, someone's taking a bunch of gel caps with, you know, some kind of nutrient like, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the omega-3 fats in gel mm-hmm. caps, mm-hmm. you're completely offsetting any benefit you're going to get from the omega-3 fats with all the poison that you're taking in the gel cap. I suspect. Oh my gosh. Yes. I suspect. We haven't measured it. We haven't mm-hmm. measured gel caps, but that's what I would guess. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. he's measured gelatin, he's measured jello, he's measured collagen. He got he got some. Uh, Anthony went to the butcher and got a bone from, from the butcher and got <laughs> sent off a test and came back with the high levels of glyphosate from the from the beef. You know. Yes. So, <sighs> really, really terrifying. So mm-hmm. you start to pretty much eliminate all the foods you're like what can mm-hmm. i eat you know and you certainly have to go organic organic mm-hmm. comes out much better it's not mm-hmm. zero they're mm-hmm. finding glyphosate in organic products but it's much less usually how, so, how is that the case where we're still finding it yeah, they're not using it of course they're not allowed to that's sure. part of the requirements of organic you cannot use any chemical like glyphosate and call it organic so they're not putting the glyphosate on the crop yeah. but they're using manure for example as a fertilizer mm-hmm. manure comes from cows and they don't have to come from cows that are fed organic food so the cows can be loaded up on glyphosate and it can get into the manure right mm-hmm. it's in the rainwater. They they tested it in the rain and i think it was in kentucky and I think they found something like 86% of the rain samples had glyphosate in them. So it's in the, you know, it's just, it's in the water that comes to the, to the plant, mm-hmm. even though you're not putting it on your crop, it's just around. And if a crop mm-hmm. is in the middle of a, you know, a whole bunch of GMO crops where your neighbors are spraying it from the airplane, you, you know, you don't tell the, the glyphosate to just stop at the boundary. It's just going to blow right across the boundary into the field. Mm-hmm. So you really, um, you really can't avoid it. Mm-hmm. You you did say if you switch to a hundred percent certified organic diet, you will save money overall on the healthcare costs you avoid as a consequence down the road. Can you speak to this? That's what I believe. I really believe that. I mean, if you think mm-hmm. of a child getting autism and the cost of that, of course, mm-hmm. not just the financial cost, but the loss of that mm-hmm. child's potential uh, mm-hmm. as a as a thriving member of society. I mean, that child is going to require constant care for the rest of its life if it's mm-hmm. got severe autism. Um, if you can avoid that, that's huge, right? I mean, now how much extra money would you pay for food in order to not have that happen? It just mm. seems to me like there's no question. You'd, you'd spend as much as you needed, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what happens with the vaccines is the kids who have had uh, excess exposure to glyphosate in the food, glyphosate wrecks the gut bacteria. I hadn't mentioned that, but that is mm. certainly true. And we have autistic kids have a huge problem with their guts. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And glyphosate causes leaky gut, you know, leaky gut syndrome, and it also disrupts the digestive enzymes. So the 
proteins are the proteins contaminated with glyphosate are already difficult to break down, such as in the gluten. And mm-hmm. on top of that, glyphosate messes up the enzymes that break down the proteins. So the proteins don't get broken down, which of course means they're not available as fuel either. They're not able to be used. They're just these protein strands that are useless to you, but worse than useless because if they get into the lymph system, which they will with the leaky gut, then the immune system attacks those proteins. It recognizes them as foreign. And so then you get these immune cells that get angry. You know, they, they see this foreign protein. And what happens is there's this, con- there's this concept called molecular mimicry, which is really fascinating, that your own proteins might resemble. There might be a peptide sequence in one of your own proteins that looks similar to the peptide sequence in gluten, for example. I think this is true for thyroid, various uh, proteins that are in the thyroid gland. So when you have a gluten peptide with glyphosate in it that resists breaking, being broken down, gets into the immune system, the immune cells react to it, and then by confusion, they get, they get confused and they think that, that the proteins in the thyroid are the gluten and they attack the thyroid. And then you end up with hypothyroidism as a consequence of your sensitivity to gluten mm-hmm. that you develop because you couldn't break the gluten down. Mm-hmm. Really, really bad situation. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you get non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. People who have um, gluten intolerance on average have a shortened lifespan, I think by about four years on average. And part of the reason is they have a much higher incidence of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma I mentioned that earlier, and that disease is very uh, strongly linked. That's the, the cancer that's most clearly connected to glyphosate. In fact, California has a class action lawsuit going on right now. Um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is actually one of the lawyers involved in this, several hundred people who can show very clearly that they were exposed to glyphosate and they have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting because we're starting to get lawsuits. I think it's going to be like the tobacco industry. Eventually, we're going to be able to uncover the fact that Monsanto knew. That's what I think. We're going to show, be able to show that Monsanto knew this chemical was toxic, but they kept it to themselves. And they actively tried to promote the idea that it wasn't true. Mm. That's what I think is going to happen down the road. Yes. Um, Could you say, I think when we come back from break, we will go into some detail if we can about how we can heal. But before, uh, we actually have a couple more minutes to go before break. And I wonder if we could talk about, um, you know, any other ways of of kind of opting out. Can can we avoid it? And what's the best way to do that? Yes. Okay, well, so certainly the organic diet, but there's another really good thing to recommend, which is eating probiotics. And Mm -hmm. I prefer sort of natural, you can get like organic apple cider. Mm -hmm. um, That's um, raw, you know, organic raw apple cider. So you don't want to have something that's been processed to the point where you've killed off the bugs because the assassinatobacter is a wonderful microbe that grows in certain fermented products and, um, Apple cider being a very good, apple cider vinegar being a very good example. And it's also in sauerkraut, and I think it's in like kimchi and yogurt, you know. Mm-hmm. Acinetobacter is on the very short list of microbes that can actually metabolize glyphosate. They can break it apart and turn it into basic, you know, nutrients. Like it can pull the phosphorus. The thing about glyphosate, it has this so-called CP bond, this carbon-phosphorus bond. This is an unusual bond. And carbon-phosphorus bonds are very hard to break. And there's only a few microbes that can break them. And acinetobacter is one of them. Mm -hmm. So when you eat probiotics that contain acinetobacter, 
you are eating something that can actually destroy the glyphosate that you're exposed to. It can just make it disappear, which is really mm. super. So mm. I suspect that's why these, I mean, they're finding miraculous results with probiotics, including treating autistic kids, both healing their gut and helping them uh, reduce their autistic symptoms. It's quite remarkable. And, and I remarkable. suspect that's why, that it's actually clearing the glyphosate. I, I worry about when glyphosate gets into, you know, difficult places like getting into the bone marrow, getting into the brain, embedded in proteins in the brain. I mean, how do you get that out? I don't mm -hmm. know. I think you have to, uh, my opinion is you have to make sure you've got a very, very healthy system of um, for breaking down cellular debris. And of course, cellular debris would be these misfolded proteins. You know, if you look at Alzheimer's disease, it's a big pile of misfolded proteins hanging out in the brain. If your body, if your immune cells could could eat those proteins and break them down and turn them into raw materials, that would be wonderful. You just clear off all that, you know, amyloid beta plaque. Mm -hmm. So the fact that that's building up means that your immune cells can't do that. And my suspicion is they don't have enough sulfate. This is something I talk about a lot in my work. Mm -hmm. I've identified sulfate deficiency as a key driver behind most modern diseases. And I have identified multiple ways in which glyphosate messes up both the synthesis and the transport of sulfate. So sulfate deficiency and sulfate is needed in the lysosomes to be able to, to maintain the acidic environment that they need to be able to break down these proteins. So what happens is if you don't have enough sulfate, then you can't break down this cellular debris. And you've got this really difficult debris to begin with because it's incorporated with glyphosate. You know, mm -hmm. So the glyphosate is messing up the sulfate and it's, and it's messing up the protein so you can't break it down. So you're caught, caught in a double squeeze there mm -hmm. that this stuff is building up and you can't clear it. Mm. So the trick is then to beef up the sulfate, which you can do through systematic processes, such as eating sulfur-containing foods. Garlic, for example, is wonderful, a wonderful source of sulfur. Mm. Uh, garlic, onions, cruciferous vegetables, uh, seafood, um, fish, uh, meat, grass-fed beef, eggs. Eggs are a great source of sulfur. Organic, of course, never caged, roaming free. You want to buy the top of the line eggs, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about that more on the other side of our final break for our show today. And Dr. Seneff says the United States spends more money by far than any other country on healthcare, yet we have dismal performance in terms of basic things like infant mortality and life expectancy. These are the words of Dr. Seneff, and you can connect with her work at people.csail.mit.edu backslash Seneff, and I have a link on my website, experiencerevolutionarywellness.com, on the radio page. If you just scroll down to the resource links there, you can connect with Dr. Seneff's work and her website there. And we will be right back with Dr. Stephanie Seneff. Do you know that you were born to experience revolutionary wellness? Have you wondered why extraordinary physical, mental, and emotional health has eluded you? Do you know that your infinite personal power resides right here in the present moment? People all over the world are awakening to their birthright. Revolutionary Wellness. Subscribe today at revolutionarywellnessmagazine.com and begin your journey into the mystery. Engage with experts in topics of nourishment, wisdom, and empowerment. Develop mental clarity. Live wholeheartedly and be empowered to live an authentic life of passion and purpose. 
The world, now more than ever, needs you to feel revolutionarily well. Explore and integrate new ways of being. Learn to access your own unique treasure, the wisdom that is right there inside you, waiting to be revealed. Experience a renewed, vivid, and nourishing relationship with yourself and the world around you. Log on and subscribe to Revolutionary Wellness Magazine today and experience the publication devoted to your journey toward extraordinary health and well-being. RevolutionaryWellnessMagazine.com Listening to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Rochelle is a clinician of mind body medicine, lifestyle change, and self healing. She is a life mentor, author, and publisher of Revolutionary Wellness Magazine. You can reach Rochelle at experiencerevolutionarywellness.com. Now back to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking today to Dr. Stephanie Seneff. She's a senior research scientist at MIT, and we are talking to her regarding the toxic effects of Roundup, how to protect yourself, and how to heal any exposure. And um, welcome back, Dr. Seneff. Thank you. Let's, uh, if we, you know, we've been talking over the course of the show about some very serious illnesses, but I'm curious about the potential cause of um, roundup exposure on kind of just the everyday like fatigue or migraine or maybe just pain and Mm -hmm. um, if you can talk a bit about that and then how we can heal. Yes, I actually think glyphosate is a major contributor to all three of those, the headaches, Mm -hmm. the chronic fatigue and the just general pain problems, back problems, shoulder problems, knee problems. People have so many problems with their joints these days Mm -hmm. and of course people are also I see so many elderly people that are barely able to walk. You can see that they're in agony as they're kind of limped over and just barely walking. It's really sad to see. So many people are being destroyed. This is, I think, the collagen. So I think the collagen is being attacked everywhere. As I said, collagen actually has, collagen is 25% of the proteins in your body are collagen. Collagen is a huge, hugely popular protein. And collagen is the glue that holds your joints together, all your tissues actually. And so collagen in the joints is really important to maintain healthy, elastic collagen with the appropriate strength. You know, it needs to be cushioning. It has to be able to do all of these things well. And when you start throwing in glyphosate in place of the glycine, 25% of the, of the amino acids in collagen are glycines. So you start throwing in glyphosate molecules in place of those glycines, you mess up the collagen crystalline structure and you mess up its ability to, to maintain its elasticity and its, and its strength. And so, um, your joints get irritated. And then interestingly, when your joints are irritated, then the immune cells come in to try to repair things. And of course, they come in from the bone marrow, so they carry glyphosate on their backs. So what I think is as soon as something gets, like if you even just have an injury, and then when the immune cells come in to try to repair the injury, they bring in extra glyphosate coming from the bone marrow. This is really, really scary. So wherever you start to have a problem, it gets worse because mm-hmm. the glyphosate is just going to continue to mess that up. So you start to get onto painkiller situations. I mean, we have a complete epidemic in overdosing of opioid painkillers right now, mm. um, really out of sight. And, and mm. you know, they're blaming the doctors for over-prescribing, but people are hurting. You know, mm-hmm. they need something to solve just to be able to get out of bed in the morning. They have to have something to ease that pain. Mm-hmm. And the reason that pain is there is because those joints are not working properly. There's a lot of friction. There's not enough cushioning. Um, the collagen is sick in the joint. 
uh, the headaches are probably due to serotonin deficiency. Now, I'm not sure of this, but serotonin, I, I'm sure of this part, serotonin is a product of the chicken mate pathway. The chicken mate pathway is the pathway that glyphosate disrupts in plants that is believed to be the main way that it kills plants. Chicken mate is a very, very important biological pathway that produces uh, the three uh, aromatic amino acids, tryptophan, tyrosine, and phenylalanine, and those amino acids are precursors to all kinds of really, really important biologically active molecules, including serotonin, dopamine, melatonin, melanin, thyroid hormone, uh, various B vitamins. I mean, all, all of these vitamin K, all of these things come from the pathway that glyphosate disrupts. So, th And that pathway is a microbial pathway. So what happens is that you're eating food, the microbes are, in fact, fructose is a precursor to, these, to, to, to this pathway. So mm -hmm. fructose comes in, and the microbes are trying to turn it into these really important nutrients, but it, they can't do it because the glyphosate is blocking the pathway. So actually what happens also is fructose piles up. So you get an excess of fructose, which hits the liver and causes fatty liver disease because that fructose is not being turned into those other things. And meanwhile, you have deficiencies in all those other things. And serotonin is really, really important for the digestive system as well, for the, uh, for the bowels to flow properly. And mm -hmm. serotonin is incredibly important in the brain. It's actually con serotonin deficiency is connected to violent behavior. It's connected. And we, of course, we have all these shootouts in the schools. I think that's also connected to the serotonin problem. And um, depression is linked to serotonin deficiency. And so, mm -hmm. and then the headaches. So I think all of that is, uh, is can be explained by this breaking of the shikame pathway. And then you have the chronic fatigue is very interesting. And so it's one of those uh, proteins that I discovered when I was searching for proteins that have essential glycines. There's a protein in the muscles called myosin, M-Y-O-C-I-N. Myosin has a, a glyphosate. I think it's at, lo at location 699. I'm not sure I have that right, but that's what I'm remembering. Not that it matters, but location 699 in the sequence is a glycine that absolutely has to be glycine in order for the molecule to work properly. If you, hot, if you hot swap in an alanine for that glycine, alanine has an extra methyl group, that's a really small change, that molecule only performs at 1% capacity. So if, so, and if you put glyphosate in, it's going to be an even bigger disturbance. So what I think is happening with chronic fatigue is that uh, glyphosate is getting into the muscles, and then it's getting into this myosin and messing up the myosin protein. It only has to mess up 2% of the actual myosin molecules to, to make the muscle much much weaker and not able to to uh, you know just you just can't it doesn't work it doesn't work properly even if only a small fraction of the actual myosin molecules are disturbed mm. so Sanofi. i think that could be chronic fatigue you know <laughs> yes absolutely unfortunately you mentioned that <clears throat> roundup really came on the scene at 19 or a seven what is it 1974 i was born in 1973 so i imagine i've i've had you know a good <laughs> bit of exposure to it so how <clears throat> what's the best way to go about healing exposure since we all have clearly been exposed to roundup on some degree what's it, what would you recommend yes yeah, so when i mentioned sulfur if you can so i think roundup totally disturbs um the supply of sulfate to the body and sulfate is super important for being able to clear cellular debris sulfate is also really important for maintaining healthy blood, blood circulation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think a lot of times you get, so for example, if you get something like gout, it, you're actually attacking a joint in order, and, and, and what happens in gout is that that joint uh, tries to make, it goes into the business of making sulfate, and then the sulfate gets stolen from the joint by the blood because the blood needs the sulfate in order to survive. 
So you need to find ways to really boost your sulfate supply. One that I really recommend is soaking in Epsom salt baths. Mm. Epsom salts are magnesium sulfate. And especially if you have a um, sulfur hot spring, a natural sulfur hot spring is even better. Uh, and I love the natural springs when I can find them. We've, I've been to Taiwan many times, and we like to soak in the hot springs, natural hot springs that they have in Taiwan. But there's places in the United States that also have natural sulfur hot springs. But you could just buy Epsom salts, throw them into the bath water, make really hot, really, really hot, hot bath, because the hot water is also helpful. Mm-hmm. And then you can just absorb the magnesium sulfate through the skin uh, mm-hmm. to, get, uh, to help boost your sulfate supply. I mentioned eating garlic and other food sources of sulfur, um, you really try to eat foods that are rich in sulfur, cruciferous vegetables, as cabbage, broccoli, um, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts. Those are a really good source of sulfur. And uh, all the sea life, you know, the, um, the mussels and clams and oysters, they, they're loaded with all kinds of nutrients, not just sulfur. You know, mm-hmm. you, you want to worry about all the minerals. All the minerals are deficient and they're also impaired. Glyphosate, I hadn't gone into this, but it's a train wreck for minerals and it can cause both mm-hmm simultaneous deficiency and toxicity of iron, manganese, zinc, um, because it messes up the body's natural transport mechanisms for those. And of course, that's true for sulfur as well. But just as as for sulfur, all these other ones as well are disrupted by glyphosate. So you need to make sure to get foods that are nutritionally um, enriched in micronutrients. And that's mm-hmm. where I think the seafood, the, the organic eggs, Eggs are really, really healthy food because they have mm-hmm. so many B vitamins and healthy fats and, um, you know, just the, especially the egg yolk, just tons and tons of good mm-hmm. stuff. You can't eat N- too many eggs. Yes. Next week, I'm going to be speaking with uh, Sally Fallon Morell about her new book, Nourishing Fats. And I'm yes. curious if you could say anything about the, the benefit of, uh, of fats. Uh, yes, and especially saturated fat, which people don't mm-hmm. believe. I mean, you're, yeah. you, people are told to avoid cholesterol-containing foods, and that's also mm-hmm. incorrect. Mm-hmm. Cholesterol-containing foods are among the healthiest foods you can eat, mm-hmm. um, even if you have heart disease, by the way, which is another whole story. But mm-hmm. um, Eating cholesterol does not raise your cholesterol. In fact, it could lower it because the cholesterol that's bad, so-called bad cholesterol, the LDL, is produced by the liver. And um, if you eat cholesterol, then the liver doesn't have to make it. It comes in mm-hmm. through a different channel, the chylomicron, and the heart loves the, the, the cholesterol that comes into the, in by the chylomicron, which is coming in from the gut, from the dietary cholesterol. The heart is is eager. I mean, it loves to see that and will just soak it up. And the heart really wants cholesterol. And um, it's almost that heart disease is a cholesterol deficiency problem, not a cholesterol excess problem. And it's a problem of cholesterol transport. And that is also connected to the sulfate problem because cholesterol normally gets sulfated. And cholesterol sulfate is much, much easier to transport than cholesterol. But if there's a sulfate deficiency, then you have to stuff the cholesterol inside these LDL particles and ship it that way which is not good. So it's really a sulfate mm-hmm. deficiency rather than a cholesterol excess that's connected to heart disease. So eating foods that contain cholesterol is highly recommended. Almost mm-hmm. all the foods that contain cholesterol are very healthy, and they also contain healthy saturated fats. Now, of course, it has to be organic. Eating uh, beef that comes from a CAFO cow is really bad because mm-hmm. you're going to have actually glyphosate contamination in the protein that can cause autoimmune disease. But eating grass-fed beef is actually really, really good. So you have to pay attention to exactly how that food was produced. It's not just the beef is good, beef is bad. It has to depend on how that cow lived. You know, you really have to mm-hmm. understand your food very well to know if it's good or not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so um, 
I believe just, in eating high fat diet. Yes. And <clears throat> say that one more time. I yeah, believe high in high fat and, and low yeah. uh, low carb. Mm-hmm. Would you say there is uh, a correlation between um, like anxiety and stress? <clears throat> And um, like if we can keep, that would be another way to heal as, yes. you know, we're also changing our diet, but also to reduce stress so that it may. Absolutely. Yeah. Stress, yeah, stress is really stressful. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> but stress stresses your body in ways that um, actually challenge the sulfate system. So when you're stressed, you need more sulfate. Mm. And, um, and so that's going to deplete your already de- depleted sulfate supplies. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why I think stress becomes so dangerous in a person who's already got, is barely surviving with their um, deficiencies in sulfate. Sulfate transporters are, so for example, all these serotonin and melatonin that I mentioned earlier, those guys are all sulfated in transit. They, uh, they're produced, their stuff, a sulfate molecule is attached to them, and then they're shipped out. And when they arrive at their destination, the sulfate is picked off. And so what's happening is they are delivering the sulfate to the place where they're going. And this is something that people, even the experts don't realize this. I really feel this is true. They they know that all these molecules are sulfate, sulfated in transit, and they know that when they're sulfated, they're inactive. Like vitamin D sulfate doesn't work like vitamin D. It's inactive in sort of you know promoting calcium uptake and whatnot. Once you take the sulfate off, it becomes vitamin D again. It can do its job. So the vitamin D is handing off the sulfate to the cell that it's, that it's being received by, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like whatever, if vitamin D comes and you get a vitamin D receptor, what that message is, is I'm the one who gave you your sulfate. So all mm-hmm. these thyroid hormone and, and a melatonin, I mean, all these things are sulfated in transit. Very, very important because they're moving sulfate around. Free sulfate is very difficult to move in the blood because it gels the blood. It'll turn the blood into jello. Mm-hmm. And that'll be a no-flow situation. So that's why you need all these transporters. And but sulfate lines all the all the all the blood vessels. They're all lined with sulfate sprinkled throughout this what's called the um, um, glycocalyx. The glycocalyx is the uh, is the inner lining of all the blood vessels, and it's it's got sulfate sprinkled throughout it. And so if you're deficient, it has less sulfate, and that's going to cause the red blood cells to get jammed up, and they can't go through the capillaries easily. And then mm-hmm. you get high blood pressure. You get all those problems that we have in modern times. Dr. Seneff, we have just about a minute before we, or a couple minutes before we close, and I would love to just take an opportunity to hear how we can support you and your amazing work in the world. What, is there anything that we can do? Spread the word. <laughs> well, of mm-hmm. course, eat organic and get your family to eat organic. Tell your friends to eat organic mm-hmm. and explain to them why you think this the glyphosate is so toxic you know of course if anyone is interested in politic becoming politically active i would encourage you to try to talk to especially your local government um california is having some interesting success in certain cities where they're banning glyphosate in uh, public places such as in richland california mm-hmm. and i think Ma- um, malibu i think recently did some kind of restrictions on glyphosate um you know, working locally, and then we can slowly build it up to higher and higher levels. It's extremely hard to reach the, the, the U.S. government. I've Many people have tried. You know, I know mm-hmm. people tried and tried and tried, and they just get form letters back. Nobody reacts to anything they say. They prepare large documents, and it just gets eaten by some system that people are too, you know, the red legislators are too busy, and they're too distracted by all of the industry that's helping them mm-hmm. to stay well-funded so that they will not see this problem. I mean, I don't know. It's just amazing to me that this country, Trump says, make America great again. He can do it. You know, he can do mm-hmm. it. Just, if mm-hmm. you just ban 
this aid. It would be so tremendous. So, allow me. Know, working allow politically. Me to- Yes. <laughs> We're going to close our, our show, Dr. Seneff. I just want to thank you so much for doing the pioneering and healing work that you do for the world, for the benefit of us all. And for our listeners for next week, you'll definitely want to tune in. We are going to have Sally Fallon Morell on the topic of nourishing fats, why we need animal fats for health and happiness, how animal fats are not villains, as we have been led to believe, how they protect against disease and inflammation, support cell function and hormone production, and help your body make feel-good chemicals. So definitely join us for that. And thank you so much for joining us on this journey. I'm Rochelle McLaughlin. May you be well. Thank you for opening your heart and mind to a new way of being, to greater degrees of self-compassion and wellness, and your experience of your own infinite potential with Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Join host Rochelle next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time to turn courageously towards your own unique experience of health and wellness here on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember, you too can experience revolutionary wellness. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america health and wellness channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericahealth.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management have you become a member yet sign up now to become a member of voice america it's always free and easy Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network,